0: I was thinking like I need like my own intro song or some shit. Cause every time I hit record, like I be I be kind of lit. But um, y'all already know it, it's Maddie. Welcome back to my pull up corner. Um, it's Saturday. It's the it's the weekend. Uh, which is lit unless you work the weekends, then that kind of sucks. But <laughs> um, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I've been gone. For a few days, no worries because I have two episodes that I'm going to release after I release this one because this one's for today. Uh to make up for the time that I was gone. Um, so no worries. I got gotcha, y'all, I gotcha, I got gotcha. y'all. Uh so today we're getting right to it. We're we're discussing that stigma. We're we're discussing mental illness. Now, about 50 percent of U.S. Americans, adult Americans, suffer from some form of mental illness. And within that 50%, less than 50% of those diagnosed receive any kind of help, whether it be therapy, whether it's them on meds, less than 50%. And this is only, these these numbers, these statistics are only for people who have actually been diagnosed. Now imagine how big the number would be if we include the people who have not been diagnosed, people who know that there is something wrong with them, they are going through something, but they haven't taken the steps necessary to get their diagnosis, to get the help that they need. Um, y'all know I only come with facts. So my facts were brought to you today by... <laughs> The National Institute of Mental Health, you can see it. They break it down by uh specific mental illness. They have generalized ones, like all anxiety disorders, and then they get into the specifics, agoraphobia, social anxiety, like it, everything is really broken down. So if you just go to the National Institute of Mental Health, you can see exactly what I'm talking about that's so fucking sad to hear. As someone who suffers from mental illness, I have anxiety, depression, and agoraphobia, which is under the branch of anxiety, but my agoraphobia is severe. Uh, And I am medicated, but it took so long to actually get medicated. It took And not because I wasn't actively looking, because I was, but because the health insurance that I had, which is, it comes through my job. My health insurance that they gave me was so trash. (laughs) Like It was so trash that I worked in a hospital and the hospital that I worked for did not accept my insurance when it came to mental help, they took it for like physical, but mental, no, my job didn't accept it, but I worked for that organization, and it took months before, it was like, okay, we're finally gonna prescribe you this, 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 and this, this is gonna help you, um, but we're gonna talk about the stigma behind mental illness, mental illness. You guys know, I, everything I talk about, I, I can make it personal uh, so you learn more about me with with listening. Hopefully, you guys can learn more about yourselves and others, um, and hopefully, you guys can relate. Now, mental illness is bad, but we're going to discuss mental illness while being Black that's the only thing I could relate to. And in my intro, I told you we're discussing everything black. I'm here for everything black. So whether or not you're black and you can relate, that's what's up. But we're going to discuss the stigma behind being black while having a mental illness. Now, many of my friends... And not even only my friends, but if you look on social media and there's a post regarding mental illness and you look at those comments, you're either going to see people talk about their mental illness, you're going to see people around our age discuss how their family didn't accept the fact that they had a mental illness, and then you're going to see Older people say that it doesn't exist. They're still stuck in that mindset. It's 2019. Our parents, our family is now becoming more open to accepting the fact that mental illness is a thing. And that mental illness isn't just a white thing. And that you can't pray mental illness away. We all come from a time, I'm 29... We all come from, my target audience, I'm, I'm assuming is around the same age, if not older, but y'all understand what I'm talking about. Um, we all come from a time where you couldn't have mental illness in a black household. You couldn't, you couldn't have, men, mental illness didn't, it? didn't exist. You were sad, oh, what are you sad about? You, you depressed? Ain't no such thing as, as depression. Let that shit go. Let it go. Let's pray. Let us pray. Because Jesus got all the answers. They're going to pray away your depression. They're going to pray away your suicide thoughts. And tomorrow you're going to wake up. And everything is, you just going to be normal. We all know that that's not, that is not true. That is the f- the farthest thing from the truth. Now, with us growing up in households that consisted of that kind of toxicity, because that's exactly what it was. I'm not going to beat around the bush. When we become adults, where we're responsible for our our own selves, where we become responsible for making our own appointments, speaking up for ourselves, advocating for ourselves. How many people actually go to the doctor and be like, I can't sleep at night. I have these thoughts of wanting to end my life. I often find myself sad for no reason. I used to be an extrovert, but now I'm an introvert. I used to be outgoing but now, I stay in my house. I, I have outbursts of cries for, for no reason. How many people who have come from a background like that, when they first hit 18, or if you went to an adolescent clinic where you were able to advocate for yourself, like Mount Sinai has a dope adolescent clinic, I went to that clinic. Uh, And they accept kids, I think it's 12, maybe now it could be 11, up until the age 21, 22. And you're able to go to the doctor by yourself. You don't need no parent. You don't need no consent. Your parent just comes with you. Your first when you go to register. But when you turn 18 and now you're responsible for yourself, now you can make your own appointments. How many of us are are thinking that that needs to be the number one thing that we need to discuss because I've been feeling these emotions for years and I had to bury it and just live life like I was okay. How many of us are ecstatic for when we finally reach that age of adulthood to be like, I can finally get some damn help for for these emotions and these thoughts that I've been feeling. It takes a long time. Long, long time for us to finally be like, yo, I dead ass have a problem. Like, I'm dead ass going through something. This is this is dead ass my life. I have control. I have the means to now maneuver my life the way I see fit. It takes a long time because we done been plagued with the there's nothing wrong with you. We can pray it all away. None of that shit doesn't exist. These are white diseases. You are on any social media platform right now. And about half our friend list is going through the same thing that, that we're going through, experiencing the same things we're experiencing. Diagnosed with the same mental illness that we've been diagnosed with. And in a way, that's how we connect. In a way, that's how we open up to one another. Like, oh, you got bipolar? So do I. You have depression? So do I. You got anxiety? Shit. So do I. And that's how we connect. And we turn to our family because it doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter. Our family is, is our family no matter what. We turn to our family after you get diagnosed. We turn to our family. You make this big announcement like... You know, I was just diagnosed with X, Y, Z. And you really have these family members who would laugh in your face, like, and all you're looking for is is support from your family, like, because you know you're going to get the support from your friends. Like, you know your friends is going to be there to support you. We know that. But you turn to your family because it's like, This is my family. They're supposed to be supportive. And it turns out that they're they're still not. That shit does something to us. Whether we want to admit it or not. Not having family support when you're going through tough times. Or having your family support when it comes to, to anything. We can act like we don't give a fuck. But honestly, we give a fuck. We do. We want that it's going to be okay from someone who helped raise you. We want that it's all right, I'm right by your side. We want to hear that from the person who, who birthed us. It doesn't matter how hard we try to suppress the fact that we, with the, we don't give a fuck, we give a fuck. And honestly, us putting on the facade like we don't give a fuck does more harm than good. Now me, I try to take my life in junior high school. That's when it started. It started when I was 11. It started when, when my grandmother passed away. That's when i start, that's when I first started to experience signs of of mental illness eleven i'm a kid. nobody at the age of eleven should be having thoughts of wanting to take their own lives should be feeling like they have nobody to turn to. At eleven, you look at these kids now, the kids who are taking their lives because they're not being accepted for who they are, and that's gonna be another episode where we are getting down into the being gay while black we're 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 getting into it that's an episode that's being uploaded later uh so I'm not gonna even touch that right now, but The people who, the the kids these days that you hear about who's taking their lives due to being bullied because they're different. Kids who are experiencing some some form of abuse in their household. So they take their lives. Every year the kids is getting younger and younger. Younger and younger. We have eight-year-olds out here killing themselves. Suicide should not even be on the mind of an eight-year-old. That shouldn't be something that a a kid is experiencing. They are so pure. So innocent. And the kind of world that we live in, our kids are, are being corrupted young. Our kids are having to look at what the real world is young. Us as parents, I'm a parent. I do my best to protect my kid from that shit. I leave that door open for communication. I built that trust. My daughter is six. I built that trust with my kid so that she never, I pray that she never, I hope that she never Feels like she doesn't have a voice when it comes to the way she feels, her thoughts. Because we all grew up in a household where it was like, whatever the fuck you talking about don't matter because you a kid and I'm an adult and you have to listen to what the fuck I say. You got to do what the fuck I say or you can get the fuck out. We all came from a place where it was my house, my rules. You're not grown while you're living under my roof. You don't have a voice while you're living under my roof. That's where we came from. And it's so hard to break that chain. It's so hard to admit, like, yo, the way I grew up was fucked up. It's so hard to admit that, yo, the the way I was raised is the reason why I am the way I am as an adult and some people finally come to terms with it. Some people finally are like, all right, this is this is the target. This is where it all started. But do absolutely nothing to to fix it. But if you look at it, if you look at it today, these kids they're getting younger and younger. I had my first suicidal thought when I was 11. I had no one to turn to. No one. My safe place, that shit didn't exist. There wasn't a safe place. All those suppressed feelings. At 11, you feel like your head is about to explode. Having to keep that shit to yourself. All you want to do is look for a way to let it out. Now you're looking for whoever. Whoever would listen. You don't even care if they care that you're talking. Like, just let me let this shit out. Maybe I'll feel better. I had my first suicide attempt when I was 12. You know, I feel like it all starts the same. We start with the cutting. we all We all start cutting ourselves. That didn't work. I tried hanging myself, got caught by my mom. My mom was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" My response, I told you I don't want to be here no more. I really didn't have anything else to say after that. You thought I was playing. I'm not playing. I don't want to be here no more. I'm not joking. This is this is a lot. I'm 12. I'm 12 and I'm like, life is too much. Haven't even experienced anything real. Haven't even gotten to adulting. Adulting is a scam. We will not talk about that in another episode. <laughs> like... You feel so inadequate. You feel like your life is worthless at 12. I became anorexic. Suffered from anorexia. And believe me, I was making making myself throw up because I was being teased because I was too fat. And I wasn't being teased by people in school, I was being teased by my siblings. Made myself throw up, throw up, throw up to the point where I I stopped making myself throw up and my body just got so used to it. It would just throw up by itself. One day I was in school, I was in junior high school. And I had on some all white Adidas, the the, the hard shell, the hard shell tops. Y'all know which ones I'm talking about. I didn't eat lunch. My was throwing up. Stomach acid. And I was mad as shit because the stomach acid went on my sneakers. I was mad. My sneakers was no longer fresh. The school, of course, they called 911, took me to the hospital. That's when I was diagnosed with anorexia and bulimia. That Did anybody care to ask, like, what I was going through in life that made me want to do that? Did Did my mom turn to me and be like, what's, what's going on? Like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's try to fix it. No. What I was was fucking stupid for, for showing the world that I had a problem. That's what I was. I couldn't keep shit a secret because my body voluntarily decided to just throw up stomach acid by itself and that shit hurt it. That shit hurt so bad. And then after that, after my mom done caught me, try to hang myself. And I didn't get no support after being hospitalized for making myself throw up to the point where it shrunk my stomach. It shrunk my intestines. That shit permanently damaged me. Still, nothing was wrong with me. Nothing was going on. I had nothing that that praying wasn't going to help. And it was like, okay, you guys keep praying and praying, but when the fuck is the help going to come? God comes when he wants to, not when you need him to be there. I don't have time for that. I'm trying to kill myself. What is wrong with you? I don't have time to wait for... For Jesus to show me whatever it was that he needed to show me. I'm trying to kill myself. I'm looking for signs to show me that life is worth it. I'm 12. I'm looking for signs to show me that life is worth it. I haven't seen not one sign yet. Jesus is playing with me. I don't got no time for Jesus. I'm about to go meet Jesus right now and run his fade. So... After that, still didn't get the help or support that I needed. Left a suicide note on my bed. I was really going to end my life. I left a suicide note on my bed. For my mom to see. Took my book bag. Was on my way to school. My plan was to throw myself off that damn roof. And end my fucking life that's when my mom started to take my my mental illness seriously. She called the school. All this time I was looking for a sign to show that I had support, that my life was worth it, that I didn't need to take my life. I was looking for a sign. That was my sign. My mom called the school. Frantic. Did my daughter ever make it there? There's a suicide note on her bed. She is planning on taking her life. She sent a copy of my suicide note to the guidance counselor. They called me into the office. The guidance counselor had my suicide note in her hand. And then EMT pulled up with a wheelchair and strapped my ass in that shit. And I was so mad. I spent about 17, 18 hours in a room by myself. I was going crazy. I knew that I needed help, but I knew that was not where I needed to get the help from. And the doctors and the nurses in there knew that I need to be in there. So they came in and they was like, Do you see? Did you did you take a good look at your surroundings? The people who are housed here. Where you would be staying? Did you see it? It's like 17 hours later. And I was like, Yeah, I don't belong in this shit. Like, I need to get out of here because I'm I'm losing my damn mind. They was like, we know you don't belong here. So either you're gonna take this counseling, you're gonna refer you here, or you're gonna be trapped here. And we're gonna drug you to the point where you're not even gonna know who who you you are. You're not even gonna remember your name. That's what they told me. And I was like, I'm gonna take this counseling for five hundred. Fuck you mean. And I went to counseling. I had one, Nora, that was her name. That lady saved my fucking life. And it wasn't until I left that suicide note on my bed that my family finally realized that something was really wrong with me. It wasn't until I left that letter there that my mom realized Something's wrong with my kid. That's when I started getting support. We had group counseling. We had family counseling. Where we was all able to talk about, you know, our grievances. Turns out everybody in my family has mental illness. Including my mom. Every single one of us suffers from some form of mental illness. And that was when my mom realized, Jesus, Jesus is not going to help us. Jesus is not the answer. Jesus is not the answer. Now, I'm not here bashing anybody's religion. I'm just saying when it comes to shit like that, you can't pray that shit away. You can't pray it away. It does not work that way. I'm not here to knock no one's religion I'm not here to say your spiritual beliefs are are fake. Your spiritual beliefs are your own and your own only. I'm not here judging you. Now, if you're older and you're listening to my podcast and you come across this episode and you've come from a place where your, your views are opposing my views, I hope you take a really good listen to the stuff that I'm saying. Because this is what your kids, this is what your family members who are younger than you, this is what they're experiencing. This is what they're feeling. This is what they're going through. I do not only speak for myself. I speak for my people. My voice is not just my voice. It is a voice of people. I speak for the people who could relate but won't ever say anything. They won't ever speak up for themselves. That's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm here for. So if your views are different from mine, take a listen to the things that I'm going with, the, the things that I'm saying. And then look at the people who are in your family that are younger than you. The signs are there. You guys refuse to see the signs. The signs are there. Pay attention. Look at them. If you even have to equate it to your religious beliefs, Jesus is showing you that someone needs help. Jehovah, Allah, whatever it is that you believe, they are showing you the signs that someone needs help. Pay attention. Get them the help that they need. Get them support, be their support, be their person. Before it's too late. Look around us. Ain't nothing changed when it comes to the views of black people. Besides the date and the time. Nothing changed. We still got everybody against us. In a world where every single person is against us. There's no time for us to be against us. We need to preserve what we have. We need to protect our people. Especially our children. Because they are our tomorrows. That is our future. That is our growth. That is, our, that is how we're going to prosper. Do not silence them. Do not invalidate their feelings. Yes, they are kids, but one day they're going to be adults. Yes, they are kids, but they are still human. They are not robots. They are not our robots for us to do what we see fit we do more damage to our kids and it's time for us to start realizing that. It is time that we start holding ourselves accountable for the reason why we are messed up as a we. Why we all nervous, why we can't look people in the eye while we're scared to speak up. We don't know why we, we suffer from that. Because we didn't have a voice growing up. We wasn't allowed to speak our mind. It was, you do this. You don't question. You are the kid. I'm the adult. You do what I say and that's it. If you don't like it, you can get the fuck up out my house. That's where we come from. That's the time that we come from. That's how we, we were raised. That's how we grew up. And now here we are trying to break the chain. You know how hard it is to break that chain? To make that change? It's hard. I have a kid. I am now breaking that chain. It's hard. It's even harder to hear people say that I'm raising my kid like I'm white. Because I, I allow my kid to have a space to voice her opinion. I give my daughter the space to be herself. I give my, I open up that door so my daughter can come to me with all her problems. So I can help her. That makes me white. This is from other black people. Why your daughter telling you stuff like that? Why your daughter act like this? Why your daughter does that? Why you sitting here explaining to your daughter why you told her to do X, Y, Z? Because yes, she's my kid, but she's going to be a me one day. She's going to be an adult. And I don't want my daughter to be stuck in a place where she's afraid to speak her mind. I don't want my daughter to grow up and feel like she has to dim her light so others can shine. No, my daughter is going to shine too. I don't want my daughter scared to look at people in the eye. I want my daughter to stand up tall, back straight, shoulders up, and look people in the eye and let them know I'm going to stand up for myself. You may think you better than me, but newsflash, you're not. I am not going to be the cause of my daughter having mental illness. I'm going to be the one who helps her. Through her hard times. Through her dark phases. My daughter is six. I don't want to hear my daughter talking about killing herself. I'm not going to sweep that under the rug. Pay attention. Children are. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beings. Children show you. They, they show you hope. They show you the time where. Life was carefree. Where things were so pure and innocent. Once you see a kid. And they looking like real life hit them, there's a problem. There goes a sign. Y'all looking for for Jesus or whoever it is that y'all pray to to show y'all a sign. That is a sign. When you're so used to your kid being jumping up and down, happy, talkative, and then one day they not doing none of that. That's a sign. Something's wrong. Let me talk to my kid. Find out what's wrong. Something's either going on in their house or in their school or wherever it is that they, if they're in after school, something, if they take a school bus, something's going on on the school bus. Let me figure out what's going on. And you have to be their, their advocate. You have to be their voice. You gather up all the information. You sit down with your kid. Write it down if you need to write it down if you need to, write it, put it in your notes, record it, video, record it, audio, record it, do whatever it is that you need to do to retain that, that, what it is that your kids is telling you, and then you walk your ass wherever it is that you need to go, whether it's the school, whether it's the after school, whether it's the neighbor's house, whether it's someone else's house, you walk your ass there, and you become their voice, Listen, my daughter, my, my son, my kid, whoever it is, my nephew, my niece, my cousin, whoever it is, is experiencing this. Let's talk about it. And and sometimes the people that you're talking to, they're not going to get it. Because they're just so clueless and dumb because they don't believe kids can have a voice. You beat their ass then. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to, in another podcast, I'm going to discuss other things kids experience while black. So that's why I'm telling y'all to beat their ass. Sometimes that's the answer. They be like, violence is not... Beating to someone's asses, ass is that ass is sometimes the answer. I don't care what no one says. There's only so much talking and talking you can do before somebody continue to play in your face and, and you can't take it no more. You gotta beat their ass sometimes. I'm sorry. That's that you you need to beat their ass, not the kids, the adults. Listen. Listen to your kids. Pay attention. Stop throwing tablets and stuff in their face and not paying attention to how they, how they act. And not only with kids, with adults too. You start to see when your friend's light is becoming dim. Don't allow them to go black out. Let them know, hey, I'm here for you, whatever it is that you need. I got these resources. I got this book. Letting someone know that you love and care about them and that they matter does a lot. Trust me. It does a lot. It changes people's lives. Even if it's you just being like, yo, you're so dope. You don't even know. That could have been the day somebody was trying to take their lives. And you acknowledging them changed their whole mindset. Because they're looking for signs to show that it's worth it. They're looking for signs to show that they have a purpose here. Grew up in a place where affection wasn't wasn't existent. It was very rare to get an I love you, a hug, or a kiss. We didn't get that every day. Things that we did get was ass-whippings, corner time, TVs taken away, no video games, grounded. It was showed and told, this is... This is happening because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't do this. Abuse. Of course, that's a whole nother topic. We're, we're all breaking the chains. We're all finding finding out it's okay to tell people that you love them. It's okay to hug people and tell them that you love them. We all have our own demons and, and, and skeletons in our closet that we need to shift through and go through to find ourselves at the, at the back of that closet like I've been waiting for you for so long. I was waiting for you to go through these demons and these skeletons so you can see yourself, so you, so you can see your potential, so you can see your final form. I was waiting for you to finally look at yourself and be like, something is wrong. Let me get to it. And honestly, when you finally shift through the demons and the skeletons in your closet, and you've you've defeated all of them, and you see yourself, that is the most happiest day of your life. Now you learned yourself. Now you know yourself. Now the confidence is there. Can't nobody tell you shit. Because you know yourself. You know your worth. You won't allow people to abuse you and use you. You won't allow people to try to tell you who you are. Because you know yourself. You've been through the battle. You've been through that war within yourself to figure out who the fuck am I? And who the fuck am I am I trying to be? You've won that war. Once you see yourself at the back of that closet. Round of applause, standing ovation of a bunch of yous. You see the old yous. You see the person you are now. And then you, you're going to see uh, the, un, the, un, the the characters that haven't been unlocked yet. But they standing up for you too. Those are future yous. That's, that's the, the growth of you because now you done made it through all these demons and skeletons in your closet. You're who you are now. But guess what? That's not who you're going to stay. You're going to continue to grow. Now you know yourself. Now you know things. Uh, Now you know what's acceptable, what you're willing to accept, what you're not going to accept. Now you become a voice for yourself. Now you get to see the, the, the fate within people. Now you get to see who who really deserves you. Who really deserves your energy. And as you grow. And as you continue to become more comfortable. You start to unlock the future yous. And you open up that closet and you look. And you see your progress. And all that shit starts with is. Yo, something's wrong. I need I need help. That's step one. And I can't wait for everyone to finally go through step one. Because honestly, the ride of learning yourself, the ride of getting to know yourself, the ride of unlearning bullshit and learning things that really matter is a dope ass ride. It's scary, yes. It's scary. I'm not going to lie. It's scary. But it's so dope to finally open up your closet and there's no more demons or skeletons in there. And it's just a bunch of yous. Take that time. Take that first step. Break the chains. Change the tradition. Fix up the foundation a little bit. Make it a more positive atmosphere. Become a better you. You got this. We all got this. That's all I got for right now. Again, this is Maddie. This is Maddie's pull-up corner. Long live flute the fuck out.